Oh, come on. I said, what's going on, guys? I love you guys. I love you guys. You guys are absolutely amazing. Um, I'm so excited to be with you. This is the last week aw, of the EXO series. The last week. Um, <clears throat> who is like, enjoy- oh my God, I just like choked on my own spit. Hold on one second. Let me recenter real quick. Gusfraba, Gusfraba. Anyway, all right, so who has enjoyed the EXO series? Yeah? Come on. It's been an absolutely amazing series. Um, yeah, I'm just so excited to give. Uh, unfortunately, it's the last week of it, but I'm so excited. I believe God gave uh, me a word for you guys tonight. Are you guys ready to hear the word of God? Yeah? So cool. Okay, let's pray together, and then we'll jump straight in. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Say it again. Just say, I love you, God. We welcome you here. We invite you here, Jesus. We're so excited that we get to sit in a room where your presence is held, Jesus, that you are here tonight. We're so excited to hear what you have to say. You are good. You are great. You're amazing. Thank you for loving us so well. And all God's children said, amen, amen, amen. All right, so we've been in this EXO series, and I kind of wanted to friendships. We've talked a little bit about family. We talked a little bit last week about purity, about dating a little bit. And so tonight, I want to give you guys just five tips for having amazing relationships. Five tips for having amazing relationships. And that could be a relationship with your parents. That could be a relationship with your girlfriend or with your boyfriend. That could be a relationship with anybody, with your friends, having good relationship with yourself. You can apply these tips in any single area, okay? So I, I believe with me and, and just seek what God's doing tonight. Are you guys in with me? You guys in? Okay, tip number one. We're going to jump straight into this tip. If we want to have healthy relationships, if we want to have amazing relationships, here's the first tip. Everybody say number one. Number one. Number one tip for having amazing relationships is think before you speak. Think before you speak. That means before something comes out of your mouth, make sure out between out of your lips, make sure that is with the heart of God, right? You have to think before you speak. How many of you guys have gotten yourself into some trouble because you didn't think before you spoke? right? How many of you guys have said something and then it's like you say something and you immediately want to take it back? You're like, no, 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 I didn't mean to say that. That's not what. How many of you know that words are powerful? Words are powerful. A single word from somebody of encouragement can change your entire day from crappy to happy. Crappy, right? You could, you could be having the best day and then someone calls you out. Or someone says a mean word, or someone makes fun of you, or someone says like, oh, your hair's messed up, or does whatever, says something that hurts your heart, and it can change your entire day, it can change your entire week, and possibly it can even change your entire life. Because words that come out of your mouth are powerful. Your words are powerful. Say it. My words are powerful. My words are powerful. What you speak, can, if you're speaking words of encouragement, you can actually change someone's entire life by just speaking a word. Wow, you look great today. Wow, you look amazing. Wow, God loves you so much. Wow, the way that you did that, you, that was so good. Oh, you got an A on that test? Wow, you are so smart. That can change someone's life just by a single word of encouragement. Just by a single word. And also, just by a single word of saying something hurtful or mean contains someone's entire life. 
I remember this girl, we were in sophomore year of high school, and I remember her, I barely hung out with her, but I remember her because of what she said to me on this one day in language arts class when we were sitting there. She looks at me, and we're laughing, and we're smiling, and apparently I was smiling, and she looks at me, and she goes, what's that white tough stuff on your teeth? And I was like, I was like, uh, I don't know, like, it's just I have, I have like white spots on my two front teeth. And she was like, it makes your teeth look really yellow. <laughs> and I was like, what? Like, who says that to somebody? That's not right. Like, insecure about it, okay? I got great teeth, you know what I mean? I'm looking good. But, but I remember that eight years later because it was just one word that she spoke to me that totally was like, it shook me up inside. And I was thinking about it all day. And I was like, are my teeth really yellow? I'm like looking in the mirror, like trying to brush my teeth like six times a day. Because I'm like, are you serious? Why would you say that? Because just one word can change your entire day. So we have to be careful about what comes out of our mouth. A lot of times, relationships will break apart, whether it's a friendship or you'll get in trouble maybe with your parents because you spoke too quickly before you actually thought about what you were saying. Let me give you an example. I was in, I was in college, and, and at my college, they had worship nights uh, around a campfire really often. It was by this prayer chapel that we had, and it was so cool. There was this amazing fire pit there. So a lot of leaders would do, um, you know, worship over the, around the campfire with different people. And I was walking by one night, and, and I saw people worshiping. So I was like, oh, I'm going to get in on this. So I worship, and we're having an amazing time with Jesus. And afterwards, there was a bunch of people, you know, standing around, and we're talking. We're talking about God. We're doing all this thing. And, and I walk up to this girl who was actually the leader of the worship night, and she has a name tag on. And on the name tag, it says K-E-E-Z-I-A. And I was like, well, that's a weird name. Like that's so. And I had a friend named Kezia, so I so I went up to her and I was like, "Hey, like my name's Aaron. Like, what's your name? Is it is it Kezia?" And this is what I said. It was so embarrassing. Okay, so I said, "Is your name Kezia?" And then I go, "Oh no, is it Kezia?" My name is Kezia, and I was like. Uh, you know, it was one of those moments where I was like, no, 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 no. I was like, uh, you're, I mean, your name's not stupid. I mean, the idea of your name is stupid. I'm like, no, 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 you're stupid. I mean, no, 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 I'm stupid. I mean, uh, you know, it's one of those moments where you're like, get me out of here, God. Like, call your angels. Like, teleport me like you did to Philip. Like, get me out of here, right? And, and it just made it so awkward. Like, I basically, straight to this girl's face that I just met, I said that her name was stupid. And I was like, that's not created this distance and this separation all night. And I, like, I felt awkward the whole night, all because I spoke before I actually thought about it. Right? In James 1.19, it says this. James 1.19. It says this. My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Take note of this. James is writing right here. He says, brothers and sisters. That means you guys. It means girls and gals. Right? Girls and gals. Take notes on this. Everyone. Does that say some people or everyone? Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Everyone should be quick to listen slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Before you ever talk, do you guys know some of those people? It's like you talk to them, and, and they're kind of looking side to side, and they're not really paying attention to you at all. Isn't that so frustrating? Because there's a difference between hearing somebody and listening to somebody. See, what you, what you do when you actually listen to somebody 
right? Before you speak, before you say immediately. Sometimes we speak too quickly because someone says something and it causes maybe, you know, anger. It causes frustration. And we just throw something out. We just, you know, we just say whatever. The first thing that comes to our mind without listening to what they have to say. And when we speak before we listen, actually listen to what they're trying to say. Has anyone ever done that, said something that you're like, I wish I could take that back? I wish I didn't say that to my friend. I wish I didn't say that to my mom. I wish I didn't say that to my dad. I, just, I wish I didn't say that to my boyfriend. That was so messed up. I can't believe I said that. And sometimes what James is doing is he's probably pro providing a solution for us. He's saying everyone should be quick to listen. Do you know what happens when you actually listen to people? It, it creates trust in relationship. It creates trust in relationship. It creates openness in relationship. People will actually feel comfortable with you, right? Rather than like, oh, that person is not really, they never listen to me. They never, they, people feel comforted when you just take a step to listen to somebody. So that's my first tip for amazing relationships is that you have to think before you speak. And it says right here, you should be quick to listen. Guys, you will save yourself so much trouble in life. If before you say something to somebody, whether whoever it is, you actually take a moment, you will save yourself so much trouble because we get these things right here, these mouths can get us in so much trouble. All right. So what's the first point? Think before you speak. All right. We're going to move on to the second one. Say number two. Everyone say number two. That's not it. Number two. It's the same point five times in a row. That's all. That's all that matters. Okay, the second one is this. Find freedom that frees others. What does this mean? I have two things to say about this. Find freedom. What do I mean by find freedom? What I mean by find freedom is you have to be fully yourself in every single relationship. Fully yourself. If you're going to be free in a relationship, it means you have to know who you are you have to know your identity in Jesus, and it will make all of your relationships healthy. It will make all of your relationships healthy. You have to find freedom to free us. Because I realize if you, are, if you feel like you can't be yourself around your friends, they're not true friends. Listen to me. If you feel like you can't be yourself around your friends, they are not true friends, and you should cut them off. If you feel like everything you do is scrutinized, everything you do is judged, everything that you do, it feels like they're making fun of you, even though they say that you like you and they say that you're, you're their friend, but they're still pushing you and they're not actually loving on you, they are not your true friends. They are not your true friends because what they're not doing is they're not inspiring freedom in you. If your friends aren't allowing you to be fully yourself without judgment, without expectation, without them pushing and loving on you, I'm telling you right now, it'll save you a whole lot of hurt later on. Cut those relationships off. Cut them off. We talked about it last week. Cut off that hand, gouge out, right? Get out rid of that back, right? You got to find freedom to free others because you know what I realized is that when I started being free, when I started being who I was, it actually encouraged everyone around me to be who they were. Right? When I actually started to be who I was, everybody around me got encouraged to do the same thing. Because this is what happen, happens, guys. You see somebody, and you don't feel free to be yourself, so you feel like you have to be somebody else for them to like you. Has anyone ever felt that? 
You feel like you have to be somebody else for them for another person. They're doing the same thing. And then that person is trying to be somebody else for that person. And then that person is trying to be somebody else for that person. And what it does is it breaks apart relationship because nobody is actually being themselves. So what happens when you're actually fully yourself and you just say, this is me. You take it or leave it. Right? I'm going to be fully free. I'm going to be fully me. What happens is actually people start to surround you that are actually themselves too. And then you have healthy relationships. When everybody is trying to be like everybody else, no one is themselves. Right? When everybody is trying to be like somebody else, right? You can't have healthy relationships because even when you love that person, you're not loving them. You're loving the idea of them that they're giving you. So you have to find freedom that frees others. When you become free, your freedom is a testament to other people for them to get free too. And this is the second thing I have to say about this point. Instead of finding freedom to free others, we try and find other people to find freedom. Okay, let me explain this. Let me explain this. Instead of finding freedom first, instead of knowing who we are first, instead we look to other people to accept us and value us before we know who we are. So we look to that other group and say, if I was just a part of that group, if I just had him or I just had her as, as my boyfriend, I'd be happy, right? So instead of first finding freedom in yourself, instead of first knowing who you are first before you get into different relationships, you go to people for them to tell you who you are. Listen, people can never tell you who you are. You need to get that from him. You need to get that identity from him. You need to find that freedom that frees other people before you ever go to people to validate you and accept you, right? Because the truth is, God, everyone is going to love you the way that you need to be loved, and that leads me to my third point tonight, is that you have to learn to love the mess. Learn to love the mess. We've talked a lot about healthy relationships, but, but I want to let you know that sometimes relationships get really messy. Sometimes friendships get really messy. Sometimes relationships and families get really messy. And some of you might be in family situations that are super messy. Sometimes relationships are, are not always perfect. But the good thing is God doesn't desire for us to have perfect relationships. He wants us to have healthy relationships. He wants us to have healthy relationships. So you have to learn to love the mess. What does that mean? The first way you learn to love the mess is that you let go of offense. Let go of offense. What is offense? L listen, people are going to let you down. People are going to disappoint you. It it's something that, that is going to happen. There is no perfect relationship. There is no perfect friendship. Sometimes things get messy. Sometimes things don't work out the way that you thought. But you have to learn to get over offense, to let go of offense. This is what offense is, guys. People are going to hurt you, but there's a difference between being hurt and allowing that hurt to change the identity of that person. You down, someone might be like disappoint you, but offense means that you let that hurt fester inside of your heart. You let that pain just grow bigger and bigger. You let that disappointment get bigger and bigger into you, right? So if someone lies to you, 
and that hurts you. You let that brew inside of you. I can't believe they lied to me. Oh my God, I'm so offended that they lied to me. And what happens is you start calling that person a liar. And so what happens there is you allowed your hurt to define another person. Right? You ended up getting hurt instead of saying, giving that up to God and saying, I was hurt by the fact that they lied. You blame that other person and you say, you are a liar. You are a cheater. I can't believe you did that. And you live in this state of offense. And what offense does is it builds up offense so that you can't see people's value anymore. So that you can't actually have healthy relationships because you can't see people the way God loves them because all you're seeing them as is a person that hurt you. Right? They're mon- and then every time that you see them, all you can see is the fact that they let you down. You don't see their value anymore. You don't see the fact that they're a child of God anymore. You don't see the fact that they're loved by God anymore. All you can see now is the fact that they hurt you and that they let you down. Because a fence builds up this fence before other people so that you can't actually see people the way that God sees people. Thank God that he saw us and he loved the mess. Away from him. He didn't look at me, you know, in blatant sin, partying and addicted to drugs and going after girls. He didn't see me and just say, oh man, Aaron's such a mess. In fact, he invited that. He jumped into the mess because he loves broken people. He loves people that that have brokenness because he wants to heal and mend that. And he loves to forgive broken people. And that's the second way that you learn to love the mess is that you fight for forgiveness. Fight for forgiveness. Some of you have been hurt so bad by people in your life. You've been hurt so bad by your fathers. You've been hurt so bad by your mothers. They didn't come through for you or they disappointed you or all you feel like when you go home is is you get a a lash and they they always are yelling at you and you feel like you can't even be safe at home. Some of you guys have had a friend and you were best friends with them and and they did something so bad. They they said something so so hurtful that you couldn't even look at them anymore and, and your heart is holding on to forgiveness. Jesus on the cross, I'm so glad that he looked and at the very people that were killing him, the very people who hurt him the most, and one of the last things he says on the cross is, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. If you want to be like Jesus, you have to fight for forgiveness. Jesus died for it. He died so that we could be forgiven. What does that mean? It means that weight that you're carrying where you can't forgive. It has to go. Because if we're called to be like Jesus, we have to fight for forgiveness because we have to see the value in people. Jesus on the cross, the very people who put him on the cross, the very people who were killing him, he didn't see through a, a, a fence of a fence. He didn't, he didn't ever look away. He saw our value. He saw those people's value and he said, Father, forgive them. You have to fight for forgiveness because sometimes relationships get messy anymore i'm not about it you hurt me now you said that i can't believe you no not even gonna be my friend and so now you have no friends because everybody's done that to you because guess what everybody's gonna hurt you eventually everyone's gonna say something or mess up around you you have to learn to not be offended and to forgive so that you can have healthy relationships and the third part of learning to love the mess is that you have to learn how to say i'm sorry You have to learn how to say, I'm sorry. Because in any relationship, 
eventually, not only is that person going to mess up towards you, it sometimes looks messy, but you're going to do something. Maybe you're going to not think before you speak and say something that you shouldn't have, or, or you're going to go behind someone's back, or, or you're going to gossip behind your friend's back and, and talk about her or talk about him to your other buddy. And there's a time where you're actually going to have to fess up and say, I'm sorry. Do you know what? It's those two words. <laughs> To say, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have done that. I can't believe I did that. I can't believe I said that. And sometimes when we do things wrong, instead of actually saying I'm sorry, we just blame it on everybody else. We just blame it on everybody else. Well, I did that because she like never talks to me and, and that's why I didn't text her. Or that's why I'm not really her friend anymore, right? Or, or oh, like I, I didn't say I'm sorry. I, I didn't do anything wrong. Right? When someone's asking you, like, hey, what you did actually really hurt you do that. And we, we blame everybody else instead of taking responsibility for things that we do wrong, and that breaks apart our relationships. If you want to have a healthy relationship, you have to learn how to say, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to. I, I apologize. And not just say it, but actually make changes to not do it again. Right? Because I'm sorry, they're useless words unless you actually change and walk away from it and actually start loving on that person. Right? So we have to let go of offense. We have to let go of the hurt in our hearts that people have, have hurt us because it's going to create so much tension and so much awkwardness and, and so much conflict in our lives. If we don't let go of offense, we have to fight for forgiveness, and then we have to learn how to say I'm sorry. And those things will help us to learn to love that mess. The fourth point I have for tonight, everyone say number four. It's not about you. Relationships are not about you. Friendships are not about you getting what you want out of that person. It, we have to learn how to switch from selfish relationships to selfless relationships. We have to learn how to switch from it's all about me. It's all about what this person can do for me. This is how a lot of even dating relationships break up. Well, I'm just dating him because he makes me feel good. And then as soon as he hurts me, it's not making me feel good anymore. So the relationship breaks apart. Right? But it's not about Jesus represents this so well. It says Jesus knew. He's sitting with his disciples at this moment. It's, it's right before he's about to go and die. He says, Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power and that he had come from God and was returning to God. So he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing, and wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around them. Guys, think about who Jesus is. He's God. He came straight from heaven into earth. And how does he show love to his disciples? How does he show love to his friends? It's not by saying, worship me. If anything, his disciples should have been washing his feet. But what he does instead is he says, this will be an example for you. This is how you treat your friends. I'm going to serve you. I'm going to get down on my knees. I'm going to get dirty. Washing feet at this time was something that slaves did. But Jesus, the king of the universe, the king of kings, the God who made everything, the God that we worship, got down on his knees and served us. 
He washed the dirtiest part. They didn't have, you know, sneakers back in the day. They were all wearing sandals. You know how dirty their feet were? They didn't have paved roads and nice roads. They were walking in dirt all day. And Jesus gives us an example to say, relationship, whatever it is, it's not about you. It's about you not being selfish, but being selfless and serving, loving, and putting another person above yourself. It says this in Philippians 2. Do nothing out of selfish ambition. Do some things. Do, do, wait, what does it say? It says do nothing out of selfishness or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value other people of interest, but each of you to the interests of lovers, uh, of lovers, interests of others. Do you know how relationships work and stay healthy? It's when the relationship isn't about you, but you actually love the other person more than you love yourself. You actually want to want to serve that person, and it's all about what they want. And, and when you sacrifice and you actually give up what you want for that other person, what happens is that other person is also inspired to do the same thing. And then when both people are loving on each other and put closest bond you can think of, because when it's all about you guys. When it's all about you, when you're thinking it's all about me, 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 it's all about what this person can give me, it's all about how this friend treats me, when it's all about you, relationships tend to just break apart. You know why? Because that friend probably gets tired of you. <laughs> they probably get tired of you. They probably get, uh, well, you're really selfish. It's, it's kind of hard to be around you. You never really care about what, what, what's going on in me, and, and I, it's exhausting. To, and so my fourth tip for you tonight is that you have to, it's not about you. You have to learn how to serve others like Jesus did. That you have to say, no, every friendship, every relationship, every relationship in my family, it's all about putting that person before myself. Are you still with me? My last point is this as I call the worship team back up. My last point is this. Look for who is running with you. Look for who is running with you with you. I said this on Sunday, and I'm sorry if, if some of you were there and I'm repeating myself, but the best way to find good friendships is to run as hard as you can towards Jesus and look to your right and left and see who's running with you. The best way to find healthy relationships, the best way to find people that are actually going to push you, that are actually going to love on you, that are actually going to support you, the best way to find friends is to run as hard as you can towards Jesus. Look to your left, and if that person's running with you towards Jesus, they're your friend. They're your friend, because if you have any friends... Like I said in the beginning, if, if they're not allowing you to be yourself, if they're not allowing you also to run after Jesus, if they're actually holding you back from running as hard as you can towards Jesus, you need to cut those ties because they're holding you back from your calling and your destiny and your purpose. So you got to look for who's running with you. Who is it in your life that always has your back? Think about that person. Who is it in your life that you feel like someone is always running towards you? And if you feel like you don't have that person, keep running towards Jesus. Ask him to provide that person for you, and he will, I promise. He will, I promise. When I first came to the Lord, I lost every single one of my friends, guys. Every single one of them. When I first came to the Lord, I lost every, all of my friends. 
because they were in the party scene. They were all addicted to drugs. They, I just couldn't be around them anymore. And when I accepted Jesus, I had to run as hard as I could towards Jesus, and it left a lot of people in the past. But you know what God did? All of those broken relationships, all of those things that, that, I, that I had to let go, God restored all of that. God restored all of that. So when I cut off those unhealthy relationships and I actually ran towards Jesus, he gave me, I remember in one night, I swear he gave me like 10 new friends. Like 10 new friends. I was at a youth group and I, 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 I talked to this guy and it was the first time I had been there and I, I was sitting in the back row just looking at worship kind of in your head. I don't know if you've ever been in that situation where you're just in your head and you're not involved in worship. I'm sure some of you have been there. And this guy named Frankie O'Rourke came up to me, and I'll never forget it. And he came up to me, and he said, hey, man, you okay? Straight up calling me out. He said, you look burdened. And I said, I am, man. I, I cried in his arms for 45 minutes like a baby. Like, I thought I was cool, right? Cried in his arms like a little baby for 45 minutes. And that night, one of the group, that, one of the youth members came up to me. He said, hey, man, we're going to see Transformers after this. You want to come? And I almost cried more in that moment because I actually had friends, because God was actually restoring friendships in my life. Because God is going to restore every single one of those things. When God calls you out of something, it might feel like you're losing something, but God, if I follow you, I have to let go of this relationship. Or God, if I follow you, I have to let go of this friend because they're not good for me, and I don't really want to do that. But if you let go, guess what? God restores all of that. And that night, God gave me 10 new friends, and I started running after Jesus. And as I've been running after Jesus, God has provided the most beautiful friendships and community in my life. I am Mr. God. You have to look for those people who are running next to you. Because they're going to support you guys. A wise man once said, Show me a man's friends, and I will show you his future. The friends that you hang out with, they often determine who you become. I went back after college, and I got invited to one of those parties with all of those friends that I used to hang out with in high school. And guess what? They were all doing the same exact thing. And I walked in there completely new because I had a relationship with God. It was about two years after, and I was just loving on Jesus. And I went into a party with an ounce of drugs right on the table, people drinking, playing beer pong, whatever. And I went in there. The Spirit of the Lord fell in that place, and I started prophesying over people. One man came out with me, gave his life to the Lord right there because my life had been new. Another guy came up to me, Carson Wa or Carter Rawlings. He came up to me and said, man, I wish I could do what you do. Because he just feels stuck. Because guess what? He's been hanging out with those same people that aren't going anywhere. That aren't moving anywhere. He's been hanging out with those same people and he feels stuck. But guess what? God can cut that out and you can actually live in calling and purpose and destiny. God actually has a plan for your life. And if you just stick around friends that are holding you back from running after Jesus, you'll be in the same place. 
You won't grow at all because you'll just be around the same people who are thinking the same way. you got to surround yourself and walk with people that are pushing you and saying, come on, man, you can do it. Come on, get out of that sin. Come on, walk with Jesus. Come on, let's raise our hands and worship. Come on, let's celebrate Jesus. you got to get around people that are loving on God around you. And if they're loving on God around you, they're loving you. You're supposed to stir one another up in good works, in love. And then everyone around you just starts loving on Jesus. It's changed for the best better. That's how important relationships are, guys. We're not just doing an exo series just because it's some weird relationship series. Relationships often determine your future. They determine where you go. They determine how you follow God. If you get around people that are passionate for Jesus, you will be passionate for Jesus because they're always inspiring you to run after him for those people who are going to walk with you. Amen?